Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, let's do it. And now, the legendary voice of the Bulls, Chuck Swirsky. In play to DeRozan, spins, far quarter for the win. Got it again! DeMar DeRozan, Happy New Year! Back-to-back game winners! Onions, baby onions! On Sports Radio 670, the score. Don't you dare turn the dial here, folks. Rocky Mountain Mountain Mountain. Rocky Mountain High? Yeah. Melodies pure and true, saying this is my message to you, oh you. Oh, And always live on the free Odyssey app. Oh, my God. My career is going right down the tubes. Let's dance. Let's party. Let's boogie. Okay. Well, having said all that, welcome to another edition of 670 The Score. As uh, we are coming in from the bullpen again for the second time in about three nights. But that's great because we're here talking sports. We have the uh, storyline with the Cubs. We got the White Sox news. We got Bulls as they picked up another veteran, Tory Craig, who I'm a big fan of a three and D player. We're talking a little Blackhawks hockey. Yeah, a little hockey in July. But we're going to go all over the map, including some football tonight, right here on 670 The Score. Sean Sears has put together an outstanding show. Sean, how you doing? You good? Hanging in there, can't complain. I uh, would have been better if the Cubs won today. Yeah, we're going to get into that in a second. Well, it was a beautiful day, right? I mean, it was a gorgeous day. So I said, okay, I'm I'm coming into the station about 5.15, 5.30. You know, Sean, you put together the great show. So I thought, you know, I'd listen to the ball game, okay? And so the Cubs, they had the mojo going, right? So they, they got out to what, a 6 nothing lead? That's right, a 6 nothing lead. Julio Tehran, very unconvincing right now. Here's a ground ball left side. That's going to be another base hit, and it's going to be another run. Here comes Madrigal to score. Cubs lead 6 to nothing. Tucker Barnhart with his second run-scoring single. So I'm thinking to myself, Sean, no problem. 6 nothing. Because basically every time the Cubs play in Milwaukee, it's a home crowd. You know that. I know that. The Brewers know that. So I'm thinking this is going to be a great way to start a four-game series in Milwaukee with a dub. So I took a walk and all of a sudden put the radio on. And guess what happened? First pitch lifted into shallow right. Suzuki's going to make the catch. Tagging is Yelich. Here comes the throw to the plate. And it's not in time. Yelich scores. It's eight to six. Yeah. By the way, that was a horrible, horrible throw by Suzuki. Let, let's let's be perfectly honest about this. It was not even remotely close. But uh, again, the end of the ball game, and the Brewers win it. Now the fans standing. Fans of both teams standing. Cubs trailing eight to six. Top of the ninth. Two down. Runners at first and second. Two and two on Dansby Swanson. The right-hander ready. And the pitch. Strike three called and the ball game is over. Yeah, so the uh, Cubs fall. 8-6, they blew a 6-0 lead. Okay, and I know it happens in baseball, but I'm tired of this because at first, Sean, you know, they were down, what, uh, they were, how many games under 500 were they? At one point, they were like 11 under 500. They were 11 under 500. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they got hot, and now they've lost what? Uh, six of seven, seven of eight? I think it's seven of eight after right, today. Seven of eight. And and it's just driving me crazy. If you think I'm going crazy, what about David Ross? Nine free passes with a six-run lead early on. Just just can't happen. We've got to throw strikes, challenge guys, make them earn it. 
you know, we, we got to be aggressive. That's, that's what this team does. They, they walk, strike out, you know, three true outcomes and, and not really slugging that much. And, and we gave them a lot of free passes with a six-run lead. That, that, that's unacceptable. we got to play better defense. Yeah, little things when you lose a game like this. Absolutely. I mean, Merriweather was horrible. Leiter was horrible. And, and so this is what's driving me just crazy about this ball club because I want Jed Hoyer, I want him to be a buyer, not a seller. But now, after watching this team and how they're blowing ball games, I'm saying to myself, well, like, you know, if you get a package deal for a veteran, you got to move them. On the other hand, I'm thinking to myself, what are, how many games are they out now? Seven out, right? I believe it's seven now. Okay, they're seven out. You know, I, I can see them being a buyer. Probably I can see them being a seller. Okay, so it was really disheartening. Madrigal got hurt again today. They're going to check on his hamstring. Uh, but so that's the story with the Cubs. And we'll talk Cubs baseball with uh, Paul Sullivan of the Tribune in a few minutes. The White Sox, they open up a week at home. They got the Blue Jays and the Cardinals and, and the White Sox again. This is a ball club. I got to take a look at the uh, standings here, Sean, because right now the White Sox, 37 and 49, 37 and 49. They really haven't picked up anything over the last month, right? No, they haven't. I think they've joined. I think they've gained two games since they, uh, since last month. Okay. So they're only five and a half out. That's correct. And and in my opinion, Lamont Pope is going to join us in the trip in a few minutes. If, If I were running the White Sox, I would have two untouchables and that's it. Cease and Robert. Other than that, you know what? Pick up the phone. Let's make a deal. Seriously, those would be the only two untouchables that I would wheel and deal other than Cease and Robert. Hey, for sale. You know, that that's that's where I'm going with this ball club. But uh, 37 and 49, this, this American League Central, it's really an embarrassment. It really is. Minnesota, a game under 500. Cleveland, a game under 500. Tigers, only four out. They're nine under 500 and four out. You got the White Sox five and a half out in Kansas City. Actually, the Royals had a pretty good series against the Dodge Dodgers in there uh, with a two-game win streak. And for them, that's like a pennant. So, anyway, so that's what's going on. But but I, I, I got to get something off my chest. And, and I think we should start this segment. It's very seldom that I come in from the bullpen to co-host but everyone's on vacation, so they have no other choice than to bring somebody in. But we ought to do a segment, Sean. Get off my lawn. You know that Grand Torito movie with Clint Eastwood? Do we have, do we have a clip of that? Get off my lawn. Yeah. So this. Is, so I've been watching a lot of baseball, and I'm a huge baseball fan. And one thing that I I I I know it came into play in 2020. So it's not like this the first year. But the but the the ghost runner at second base, I'm not feeling it. I'm sorry. It's such a gimmick, and I mean, like you really find out though who's fundamentally sound. Like who could actually bunt the baseball? I mean, it's not asking a lot to bunt somebody from second. If you're a pro ball player, if you're a professional baseball player, work on your bunting. Move them second to third, and then get a fly ball. That's all. One run. Bring the bullpen in, and you got a dub. Is it asking too much to score one run with nobody out and a man on second? Apparently so. But, I, I, I mean, so that deserves get off my lawn because I, I'm not feeling the, 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 the ghost run. I'm, I'm just not. So, Clint Eastwood, this is for you. Get off my lawn. All right. So the other thing about to get off my lawn and, and this has nothing to do with sports, Sean. Okay, Absolutely. I'm here for it. <laughs> so, like, I live downtown, and I love to take a walk on Michigan Avenue. Um, and, like, a lot of people are out today after yesterday's deluge. Oh, my goodness, Mother Nature was bringing the fastball, or a spitter in this case. So uh, that, that deserved a rim shot, but that's okay. So I'm walking downtown. And, you know, there are a lot of people on Michigan Avenue and you got it. It's always one or two people on a bicycle. And like, it's like, what are you doing? This is a sidewalk. Okay. The people walking, walking, 
Now I get it if if you are, um, you know, have um, a disability and you need a motorized. I get all of that. I truly get it. Okay, but if you have a bicycle and you're trying to weave in and out of people walking on a sidewalk, okay, and you decide, well, I don't want this. I'm going to be a tank and just bowl over people and run them over. No, I'm sorry. You know, that, that just go another, go west, okay? And you can bicycle if you want to on Wabash or Dearborn or State, but not on a sidewalk on Michigan Avenue. I'm there with you, 100%. Too many people, way too much congestion. You're asking for a little too much there. Yeah, so for anyone who does that or the electric scooters or the skateboards, I'm sorry, okay? I'm old school. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Thank you. All right. So, uh, we have a lot going on today. Uh, the Bulls picked up uh, Tory Craig. And for people who say, Chuck, tell me about Tory Craig. Well, he's 32 years old. Two-year deal, according to Woj and all these reports. Um, but he's a 3 and D player. Now, what does that mean? It means he can shoot the three and he can defend against wing players. And he's a plus player. So, I'm looking at what AK and Mark have done. And I like this. Now, the kid out of Tennessee, Phillips, he probably, well, I would highly, although you never know, but right now I would think this is going to be a rookie year. He'll be in the G League. He's going to learn a lot. And, again, he's just a kid. What is he, 19 years young? I believe so. And he is so athletic. I mean, this kid is super athletic. Not just athletic. Like, he's on another level level. Like, his vertical reach, the vertical jump, all that good stuff. I mean, it's like crazy good. It's like off the charts. Bulls like, love those type of players. Yeah. Well, again, with Derek Jones Jr. gone. But I think this is going to be like a year where he just soaks everything up. So you got Tory Craig, a veteran, and you got Javon Carter. Those are two-plus players in the NBA. Regardless if they were with the Bulls, or the Bucks, or the Spurs, or the Kings, whatever team. If someone said, what do you think? First thing, what do you think of Javon Carter? Great on the ball, has picked up his three-point shooting. Is he a plus player? Yes. Torrey Craig, he's bounced around Denver, Phoenix, whatever, Milwaukee. Is he a plus player? Yes. So anytime you can add two plus players to your roster, bring it on. Are they franchise players? No. Do they need to be franchise players? No. So from now until training camp in late September, I don't know what else they got planned. Uh, And we'll see how this unfolds in front of us. But I will say this. Are the Bulls better today than they were yesterday? Absolutely. 100%. What does that mean for the Eastern Conference standings? I don't know. It's too early. Because you got this Damian Lillard thing, and he wants to go to Miami. And here's my take. I love Damian Lillard. I love him as a person. I love him as a player. He is a future Hall of Famer. And he gave Portland everything he could. Everything. And he wanted to stay in Portland. But where Portland is right now in the Western Conference, listen, let me tell you what. Clyde Drexler, Bill Walton. Okay, Jeff Petrie, all the Portland Trailblazers are the history of the franchise. They ain't walking through the door. Buck Williams, forget about him. So I'm telling you right now, I get what Damian Lillard's all about. But if I'm Portland and I'm their ownership and management, I know you want to go to Miami. And we would love to accommodate you. But guess what? This has to be in the best interest of Portland. And so if... They get an offer that's coming out of nowhere that is top-heavy, and you will never see this offer again. You deal them. You deal them. And then you have that conversation with Damian Lillard, and you're bringing out Clint Eastwood. You know? Get off my lawn. That's right. Damian, I love you, but guess what? We got a franchise to run here in the Pacific Northwest, buddy. Okay? All right. Do we have to take a break now, Sean? Yeah, we got to get some time here for Lamont Pope. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk White Sox. Remember them? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've heard of them. Yeah. I mean, by the way, 
uh, where is this story? Jeff uh, Agrest of the Sun-Times, who does a great job covering radio and TV, he has this note on Twitter. Uh, NASCAR Chicago Street Race drew a total audience of 4.795 million, almost 5 million on NBC and Peacock. I watched the race. This is the first time I've seen uh, you know, a, a NASCAR race since I had hair, and that's going back decades. It's the most watched race on NBC in six years wow. since the 2017 Indy 500. Now, personally speaking, having to drive in Chicago, I'm kind of used to watching what happened yesterday, except I don't see cars stuck in a pile of tires, you know? That was pretty bizarre. I mean, these cars are sandwiched into tires on top of tires. They're putting it in reverse. They're burning rubber, and they can't get out. I'm thinking, and these tires weigh a lot, so it's not like, you know, we're, we're not talking about, like, just a flimsy piece of rubber here. But nonetheless, uh, but it was a great, great show, and the announcing was unbelievable. I had no clue what they were talking about, Sean. And we got that, and look what that guy did. He went into overdrive. What? All I know is there's number 23, and there's number 41, and number 45, and number 41, and they crash into one another, and it's the third time number 41 went into the tires, and what's wrong with him? I don't know. All I can tell you is that once the rain stopped, it was majestic with uh, the um, with the, just everything that Chicago had to offer. So good for NBC, good for Chicago. And there you go. All right, we're going to talk Sox baseball in a moment. Lamont Pope will join us of the Tribune. This is Chuck Swirsky. Always a pleasure on 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Chuck Swirsky on 670 The Score. Hook deep left, and it'll go for Robert. There's one. Is 24th. Well, that got out in a hurry. One-handed, Robert. Absolute missile. He said we needed base runners. As soon as he hit it, I said, well, you got a base runner, but then you (laughs) need more. All right, so that's uh, Luis Robert, 24 homers, 46 RBIs, batting 276 for the 37 and 49 White Sox, five and a half out behind Minnesota in the lousy American League Central. Chuck Swirsky along with Sean Sears. On 670, the score. And if you're uh, headed to Michigan or Wisconsin, please drive safely. Bunch of cheeseheads in Wisconsin right now. So please be careful. All right. Uh, Lamont Pope has joined us. Lamont does a great job covering the White Sox for the Chicago Tribune. Lamont, how you doing? Oh, thank you, Chuck. I'm doing great. How are you? Well, good. You know what, Lamont? I'm, I'm, I love baseball, and I was, I'm, I'm disappointed like a lot of Sox fans are. I never anticipated this. So, I mean, like, Lamont, take us into the White Sox world for a moment. What, what are they going to do? 
yeah, I mean, this this past weekend was another one of those uh, lost weekends for the ball club, right? You, you go into Oakland, you, you, you play pretty well, win those last couple games uh, in Anaheim. The offense starts showing some signs of life, and you start thinking, all right, well, you're going into play Oakland, the, the team with the worst record in, in the in all of baseball, and uh, and it's an opportunity there to kind of string some more victories together. Um, and then just uh, just you know one one night it's not taking advantage of some opportunities. That was Friday night. You know bases loaded in, fir- in the first and second innings, uh, and you only produce one run in those first two innings, and, and they lose that game. And then the next night, uh, next afternoon, they just made some uh, some you know a balk. You know they they get ahead, and then they, they kind of sort of cost themselves some runs, and so they lose those first two games uh, against a team you can really ill afford to do that. So and so you're, you're able to salvage yesterday's game, but but it's one of those situations where you kind of look back at it and it's like, man, that's a, that's a lost weekend. It's a chance for this ball club. Like you said, it's a lousy AL Central uh, division. It, it's there for the taking, and yet the White Sox kind of stumbled this weekend and having a chance to kind of make up some, some ground. All right, so you know, all of us, whether you're in the media, whether you're fans, this is the beauty of baseball, or for that matter, any sport, you love to play general manager. And far be it for me to, to you know walk in the shoes of Kenny Williams or Rick Hahn, but honestly, and I just said this on the air, Lamont, just a few minutes ago, if I ran the White Sox, there are two untouchables, and that's it. And that's Cease and Robert. The rest, you know what? Put a for sale sign up. I'm ready to wheel and deal. Like Bill Veck in the 70s when he bought the ball club, and at the winter meetings, he and Roland Heeman you know, set up the desk in the <laughs> conference room and said, hey, we're open for business. Well, that's where I'm at as a White Sox fan. I am open for business tonight. <laughs> well, Chuck, it's one of those situations where, like, you know, we, we've seen this team sort of in, in I'm sort of, week after week. I'm just like, all right, well, maybe this is the week that things get going. Maybe this is the week that things get going. And time and time again, uh, something happens, and it just hasn't been the case. And so now we're into – July with with the August first trade deadline, you know, fastly approaching. Um, I think it's a situation where you, know, you you have to start if you're the White Sox putting together wins. You can't rely on teams to you can't rely on the Twins or the Guardians to continue to lose to kind of be able to hover around at five and a half or, or six back or whatever it may be. And so you're in a situation where you find yourself. Uh, I know I know that you have a series uh, after the All Star break in Minnesota uh, during that ten you know during that nine game. Uh, Road trip, you, you play Atlanta, and then the Mets, and then the then the Twins. You get three there, and then you you, you finish the month with four at home against the Guardians. But that by then, you know, it might be a little too late. So, so yeah, you're gonna have to be in a position where is what's what's the status of this ball club? Is it uh, better for this club to to make some trades to to sell and then kind of kind of reboot things, or is it a situation where if if you are maybe two or three games back, do you still believe all right there, there's going to be enough time in August and September to get on into the playoffs? Because once you're in, they, you know, all you got to do is get on in, and then anything can happen. As you know, even even the the Phillies showed last year, right? Yep. They were they're I, the last team on in, and they made it to, all the way to the World Series. I, and so I I know Lamont, you know what, and I get that. And you're right, no question. You get in a, in a series, all you need is a couple of red-hot pitchers and an X-Factor, a guy that come out of nowhere who had like an average, maybe a little above average, a little below average regular season, and for a week he gets hot and can carry you. I get all that. But, I mean, I'm just wondering where is this Where is this team going? What do, what do they yeah. have? Yeah, like Chuck, let me make this clear. Yeah, I have not seen that from this ball club all year long, right? And so, you know, if, you know, there, there's that hope, but then it's like you have to prove it. And this ball club hasn't proved it all year long. Um, you know, it's it's sort of been an extension. It's even been a little bit worse of an extension from last year, obviously. Last year they were 500 ball club all year long. I mean that that April that they had uh, this year has just sort of buried the team, and they've just sort of been trying to play catch up uh, all all the rest of the season. And so you know they're I think a game over 500 in uh, um, May, and then then right around 500 in, in June. And so so they've been a 500 ball club since that eight and 21 uh, March and April. And so they, and, and they've just sort of been trying to play catch up ever since. And I, you know, again, I don't, I haven't seen uh, enough from this club to be like, all right, well, yes, they, they can start playing uh, this good, clean, consistent baseball on a day, night and, and night out basis. And so that's, that's what, that's what I would, if I were the GM that I would have to say that I can see before 
feeling comfortable enough to be like, all right, let's go ahead and, and do something to kind of push forward and try to go all in. Because right now I haven't seen it on a consistent basis. I mean, you, you know, two or three, losing two or three to the Oakland A's is, is very problematic. And so you, know, you, you finish off the uh, right before the all-star break with, with uh, the Blue Jays and the Cardinals, and then you kind of reassess for those four days. Uh, before facing that juggernaut in, uh, down in Atlanta, um, yeah, it, even even if the Twins and the Guardians continue to lose, the White Sox has to start winning, and they just haven't been doing that. Are you, well, what is your assessment of the manager? I think that you know he, he's the, the guys have made uh, they've been able to make an adjustment after um, such a dismal April. Uh, you know they, they've been able to kind of like I say kind of. Hover around. This past month was a situation where you know they they had a stretch at the beginning of the month, anyways, where it was going to be seven consecutive series against teams with uh, with winning records, starting with the Yankees and then finishing up with the with the Angels. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't think there's been a situation where I know a lot of people have talked about sort of the lineup construction, uh, what to do, uh, particularly like in the two spot with Tim struggling the way that he's been struggling uh, recently, and the belief that Pedro's had in him uh, throughout throughout this whole stretch. You know, I was. I was a little surprised myself. I think after uh, Friday's game, uh, I was talking to a couple of the other reporters. I was like, well, I think maybe, maybe the, you know, Saturday we might see Tim down a little bit. You know, maybe in that six or seven spot just to kind of get things going for him a little bit. And he, he stuck with him in that two spot, and he said, you know what, look, um, you know, I, that's just the way that I've grown up, grown up through the game. You know, you kind of stick with your guys. You know, he, he's earned that that number two spot and. And so, you know, I know that there's been some uh, discussion about just how the lineup construction has been, um, but I, you know, I don't think that there's been a situation where, like, well, this uh, this particular move or that particular move has has cost the team the ball ball game. You know, it's, it's been a year of growth, it's been a year of learning for for Pedro, and so the fact that this this club is, uh, you know, performed. Uh, Pretty, I guess, average since that since that horrible start um, is sort of a testament to what they've been able to kind of grow as as a ball club. You know, the bullpen's been strong, uh, the starting pitching has been strong. It's, it's just sort of seeking that consistency uh, from the offense. And like I said, we we saw a little bit of that in the last couple of games in Anaheim, but but we really need to see that on a day in and day out basis. Well, you know, uh, here here's my take because last year Tony Larusa, whether people agree, disagree, whatever the case may be. And people thought that the La Russa factor would carried over to this season. Well, I disagree with that, okay? Whether people liked him as a manager, didn't like him as a manager, agreed or disagree, that's another debate. But uh, we need to put an end to this idea that the culture has carried over from the La Russa uh, regime to this ball club because they are two separate entities, period, Okay. I mean, I, I don't know if you buy that or not, but I, I I think it's really, whether you like him as a manager or not, I think it's a service to La Russa to feel that because of his managerial situation last year that it carried over to 2023. Oh, yeah, no, no. Each, each year, each situation is a different situation. Each year is a new opportunity. You know, they, they went into this year. I'm believing that this is the opportunity for them to kind of prove that uh, last season was just a little bit of a hiccup um, and it wasn't a continuation. And, but, but, you know, the, the issues that uh, that the ball club has had, you know, obviously, you know, in, in April, they were, they were just the pitching uh, started slowly out of the gate. Uh, you know, they, they, they hit well in those first couple of weeks, but then the pitching wasn't there. And then, then since then, it was, it's been a little bit of a case where the pitching has been sort of leading the way, whereas the, the offense has had some little, a little bit of its struggles. And so I don't think that, you know, the, the, another, I remember getting a lot of questions last year about just sort of like the atmosphere, the, uh, the mood in the clubhouse that, you know, just sort of like who are the team leaders, things of, things of that nature. And I, you know, I don't think that there's been anything that you can point to that's been like, well, this is a, sort of a, a carryover of, of what, happened last year with with tony in charge you know this is, this is a new regime new, new opportunity for this ball club and and right and so far you know they just really haven't taken a taken a hole and taken the most of that opportunity i mean we we, we let off with that clip about uh luis robert you know, obviously he's been um you know he's been just the most consistent player on a night in and night out basis for the ball club but it's really just trying to string together you know kind of kind of figuring out you know all right they, they, they made the one move with with moving andrew been attending up to up to the top spot and that seemed to work on out um now it's sort of like well what's what's going to be the next move to kind of kind of go go ahead and get this offense going on a little bit on a night in a night, night out basis 
LeBon Pope has joined us from the uh, Tribune talking White Sox. LeBon, before I let you go, I, I, I got to talk a little about Kopech because we're, we've been seeing a trend season after season, and you know, he got off to such a, a terrific start. And he's now back on the 15-day IL with the right shoulder inflammation. They're going to, you know, with the all-star break, apparently he's going to have like two and a half weeks or so before his next start. Do you envision him in the bullpen as a closer? I mean, are we looking at that? Or do you think that he wants to start and the organization wants him to start? Yeah, Chuck, I think it's more, uh, yeah, more of that second one. You know, I know he, you know, he, he likes having an opportunity to, to work as a starter. I know that, the, you know, he's got the stuff uh, to, to, to be a, a, a solid starting pitcher. Uh, I think a lot of it just comes down to just sort of, uh, um, you know, trusting your stuff. Uh, you know, just just trusting every single pitch, uh, just just you know, and 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 being able to just uh, execute from that from that standpoint. You know, we as you said, we, when we've seen him uh, kind of uh, take reign of, of of knowing his stuff and and trusting his stuff and going with his stuff, you know, he's had some really great outings. Um, but then there, there have been some times where it's just sort of like he'll he'll get behind. And then the execution just wouldn't be there. And and so these last couple starts, uh, what four innings and then four plus the next one after that. You know, it, it's just sort of that sort of in, inconsistency. And I, and I know Pedro talked a little bit yesterday about just um, him wanting to kind of still continue to grow as a starting pitcher. But you know, we've we've now gotten to the point where. Uh, you you want to see some of that kind of consistency from from Michael, he, you know, having all that ability. You want to just see that uh, start after start after start, where you can kind of build that. Uh, you know, the, the the thought process of of maybe uh, using them in relief. You know, obviously he he was uh, effective in that role uh, in 21. Um, but I, I think that you know the 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 fact that he does have enough of a repertoire to be able to be a uh, every day, every fifth day, guy that you can pencil on in. And I think that's too much to kind of pass on, or pass up. You know, when when you have someone who's that talented, uh, who has that ability to to kind of uh, dominate a game, uh, you know, you don't want to pass that by. And so I think I think for the time being, you know, they're, they're going to continue to trust him as a as a starting pitcher, and we kind of kind of roll from there. But you know, keeping in mind that you know that he has had that experience in the bullpen as well. Very good, Lamont. I appreciate your time and your expertise. Take care and enjoy the uh, homestand. Are you going to the All-Star game, by the way? Hey, Chuck. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, we're, we're still in the discussion for that. And I always look forward to having that opportunity, you know, what, uh, seeing, seeing what happens at the Mid- Midsummer's Classic. That's always one of my favorite events. Absolutely. In Seattle. And the last time I believe Seattle hosted an All-Star game was 1979, and that was a great All-Star game of the Old Kingdom in the Pacific Northwest. Lamont, take care. Be well. Thank you. Thanks, Jack. Anytime. All right, uh, Bruce Levine, our baseball expert, 670 The Score. Coming up next, this is the Swirsk with you on a beautiful month. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Monday night in the great city of Chicago. Chuck Swirsky on 670 The Score. Just to clarify, I Crane and Tom basically said we're going to be liars. Is that this operating assumption for you and Jed at this moment? I mean, as long as we're continuing the consistent wins that we are right now, and I think that's kind of what Tom alluded to, is, you know, if this stays consistent um, and we continue to win at the rate that we've been winning, like, that's where we'll be. And, you know, certainly, you know, we'll be looking to, to contend if that continues to happen, and that's our plan to make that happen. All right, that's the uh, GM of the Cubs, Carter Hawkins, talking about buying, selling. Unfortunately, right now, the uh, Cubs have hit a dip and uh, very penultimate uh, fashion. 
As far as the Cubs and Sox are concerned, both are next to last, believe it or not, respectively, in the National and American Leagues. The Cubs, uh, four out of five teams right now in the National League Central. They lost again. They've lost three in a row, seven of eight. And the Cubs at 38 and 45 are seven out behind the Brewers. Milwaukee rallied from a 6 nothing deficit, a game you heard, on 670 the score this afternoon. Milwaukee wins at 8-6. Meantime, the White Sox, having lost a series in Oakland over the weekend, taking on the Blue Jays and the White Sox, fourth place in the AL Central at 37-49. and They're five and a half back of Minnesota in the bizarre and really mediocre American League Central. And joining us right now, the 670 score baseball expert, the guru, and that's Bruce Levine. Bruce, how you doing? Chuck, I'm doing great. Happy uh, holiday almost to you and all our listeners out there. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a frustrating time for the Chicago baseball fans. The, the Cubs were on such a nice little run there in June, and playing some of the best baseball in the National League for a long period of time before they hit a bump uh, after winning that first game in London, and they have not recovered since. Yeah, and they really haven't. And and I'm so frustrated. I really am. I mean, you know, like the Cubs are built on, on pitching and defense. Where is the defense, Bruce? Well, the defense uh, is up the middle. It's second and shortstop in center field with Bellinger. But the uh, – <clears throat> the corners and the um, the overall, um, you know, defense has not been good. And uh, playing in some close games, it has uh, uh, reared its ugly head a few times to uh, take a, a little bit of life out of the Chicago Cubs and make them look less the type of contender they were looking like a week ago. And, uh, again, one of the better teams in June, a winning month for the Chicago Cubs in June. But uh, it has not started out well toward the end of the month and into July. All right. So, Bruce, I'm going to throw some things at you, and I want to get your uh, expertise. As we mentioned, you know baseball as well as anybody on the planet. So here's what I'm talking about. Because you know the Ricketts family as well as anybody in the market. I, I In the offseason, I'm putting together a package for Otani that, that Otani can't refuse. I mean, I, I think he would be a natural in Chicago. And I know he, he probably loves Southern California and the Dodgers are going to be knocking on the door and will blow everybody out with, with uh, dead presidents. But all I'm saying is, can you, can you envision Otani in a Cub uniform? I don't see why not. I mean, the franchise is uh, solid. The uh, fan base is as good or not better than any in all the sports. Uh, from that perspective, uh, the 31 or 32,000 they're averaging right now will go right back up to 38,000. So uh, eventually, you know, they will be making their money back if you have to invest 500 to 600 million dollars in Otani. Uh, Otani will look at a farm system that's rated in the top five or six right now in baseball, and that's starting to produce young talent for the first time again in uh, in many years. So. I would say uh, there's no reason to think that the Cubs wouldn't be right up there with probably the other 15 or 20 teams, Chuck, that are going to bid and throw everything they can at him. He is just a player in a, uh, a player of a century, not just uh, you know a decade or uh, a couple you know a couple of decades. He's a player of a century, and I, I don't see why he won't you know pick out where he wants to go and have. Again, 15 or 20 teams that will be in the bidding. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm calling up, Bruce, while we we're speaking here. I'm calling up in the, uh, the stats for Major League attendance. I want to check out what the Angels are drawing. Um, let's see. The Angels are 11th in Major League Baseball. Not bad. 32,796 a game. So I, I just, you know, you can't take for granted what this man is doing on a nightly basis. I mean, think about this, Bruce. We have never seen him, you know, other than Babe Ruth. We have never seen a player like this. And and you know what? You probably, when it's all said and done, and again, different era, different player, different time. I get all that. But, I mean, he may go down as one of the top five players of all time when it's all said and done. 
Yeah, well, I mean, he's certainly showing it right now. All he needs is the longevity and stay healthy, which we don't know in any player, especially in this era, Chuck. But uh, you're looking at, look, you have one of the top pitchers in the game. You know, top pitchers in the games right now earns between 30 and and $40 million. You have one of the top hitters in the game. Top hitters in the games earn between 30 and $40 million. So with that, you can say easily that this is a $70 million player a year because he does both. He's a dominant right-handed pitcher, top of the rotation pitcher. He's a dominant left-handed hitter in the game that hits probably anywhere from 40 to 50 home runs, drives in 120 runs. So if you're both, you deserve both salaries, which he will get. He'll get somewhere in an average of 60 to $70 million a year times 10 years. Yep. All right, so here's the other thing I'm throwing at you. And we talked to Lamont Pope about this. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm not Kenny Williams. I'm not Rick Hound. I'm just Joe Bag of Donuts baseball fan. I listen to you on 670 The Score. I, 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 you know, I watch Jason and Steve on television, and that's how I get my Sox news. Uh, if, if I ran the Sox, they're only two untouchables, Cease and Robert. The rest, I'm playing Bill Veck in the mid-70s with Roland mm-hmm. Heben and putting up for sale sign. So, I mean, like, am I on to something, or are you saying, well, pump the brakes, Swirsk? Well, look, um, you're selling you're selling with these guys uh, not at their peak, right? So if, if you're going to trade Tim Anderson, if you're going to trade Moncada, if you're going to trade uh, Giolito, who's going to be a free agent, uh, if you're going to trade uh, Michael Kopech, if you're going to trade um, any of the other players on the team, you, you're not selling where, where the, you're going to get the top money, uh, the top players back for your player because the, they're not all having good years. Injury has uh, impacted Mancata for the last two or three years, actually since COVID when he got a, a horrible case of COVID back in 2020, really hasn't been that complete player he was in 2019 when he was the top five players in the American League. And then you have, uh, you know, Giolito, who's a very good pitcher, but it's going to be a free agent. How much will somebody give you for two months? Okay, Lance Lynn has been not good at all this year. If you're going to trade him, do you expect much for him? So what you're saying, Chuck, is right. But look at the scope of things in, in this perspective. If you're going to trade people and you're going to back up the truck, you want to get optimum amount for them. Okay. Uh, if you're not going to if you're not going to do that, then you're just trying to placate the fan base and say, look, this isn't working. Uh, we're going to make any moves just to get get some of these guys out of here. Eli Jimenez is one of the top hitters in the game when he's healthy. He hasn't been healthy very often. Would you trade Eli Jimenez at this point for some top pitching? Uh, if if you're the Arizona Diamondbacks or you're the Miami Marlins, who are both turning the seasons around into years where they're going to be in contention, not only to go to the playoffs, but maybe win a World Series, what would you give up for an Eli Jimenez to help solidify your middle of the order? Uh, is this something that you would visit? So these are the questions that uh, Han and Williams and Jerry Reinsdorf have to ask themselves with about uh, 28, 29 days left before the trading deadline. Yep. Well, okay. Thank you for that. Hey, Bruce, before I let you go, I have to ask you something. Because, you know, we, we just saw the series in Oakland. Everyone knows they're headed to Vegas. They're averaging 10,000 a game. But I think baseball's uh, another big concern right now is the state of Florida. You realize the Marlins are averaging just 12,000 a game in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, Bruce. I mean, you know, I don't know how much more that Rays franchise can give the fan base. They're averaging just 17 a game. So, I mean, what's Fred Manfred doing about this? Well, what, what, Man, what Manfred is doing is not a lot. But Florida, the, the state of Florida, as far as baseball goes, has been a bust, Okay. It's been a bust since uh, Tampa came in. It's been a bust since the Marlins uh, moved to, uh, to to Miami. Uh, it, it just hasn't worked. And the generational baseball fans that they thought were going to be there that supported high school and college sports, and there are great sports fans down there, have never really 
hooked on to Major League Baseball. I think the experiment's over. I, I just don't think it's going to work there. You got a new ballpark uh, in in Miami, and that hasn't worked. And and you, they're still trying to get a new ballpark in Tampa. They play in the worst ballpark in baseball. So, from my perspective, instead of expansion, what the what the Major League Baseball needs to do is to move those franchises. Nashville, Tennessee looks like the next move after Las Vegas. One of those two teams should be moving there. But when they have expansion, Chuck, they want to have uh, two teams, not one. They want to realign baseball all the way around. You might see a homogenization of uh, baseball where the Chicago Cubs, Chicago White Sox, St. Louis Cardinals, Detroit Tigers, etc., all play in the same division. Yep. So there's going to be there's going to be some big changes down the road and. And baseball is looking at that right now. Absolutely. I mean, you know what? This isn't uh, this isn't 1960 anymore. I mean, they're going to blow this up, and, and we're going to have realignment big time in baseball. That I agree with Bruce 100. percent But you know, I I do think that um, if and I'm not impressed with this commissioner at all. Then again, I'm just John Doe fan from afar, but I'm not impressed with him at all. And I do think that uh, there should be a franchise in Nashville. And the other market, I, I, I really think, Bruce, honestly, I think Montreal is ready to recoup a franchise that was thriving and then the strike in 94 really, really curtailed what they had going on in Canada. And I know Portland wants a franchise. So I'm kind of soft on that one. But I would think right now with Oakland moving to Vegas and if you're going to expand – to a couple of uh, cities, maybe Charlotte, Nashville. Yeah. I don't know. What, yeah. what are you thinking? Yeah, I think Charlotte and, and Nashville, I think, are viable. Uh, and again, you don't have to build a stadium that holds 40,000 people. You can build a stadium that holds 33 or 34, like Fenway. Nothing wrong with uh, Fenway Park where you put in 30, 33, 35,000 and you fill it up every night, uh, where every seat is a great seat. You build a ballpark like the old-time ballparks, more straight up and down than, uh, you know, going back and, and having bad seats as you, you go back into the uh, the second and third tier. So uh, it, it can be done properly. You know, if somebody puts in 30000 a night uh, in Major League Baseball, that's going to be good enough. Yep. Hey, Bruce, listen, we'll have to do this again. I'm coming out of the bullpen uh, for this show, but, uh, you know, the, one of the first things I told Sean Sears our, our uh, producer in tech, um, and and Sean is across the glass. I said we got to get Bruce on to talk baseball. So Bruce, thank you. And uh, let's see, are you at the uh, White Sox games tonight? You're going to be uh, what, what's your next assignment? White Sox are off today, Chuck. Tomorrow they uh, start a series with Toronto. So I will be at uh, the uh, uh, ballpark on the south side, known as the Rate, and. Uh, We'll be there this week, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the White Sox do going down the line. Chuck, uh, as always, it's always a pleasure to be on with you, my friend. Thank you for the support and the support of everybody uh, during some tough times for me and my family, and have a great night, okay? All right, Bruce. You know my heart's with you, my man, sincerely. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Bruce. All right, Bruce Levine joining us on 670 The Score. And uh, Hey, Sean, uh, are the fireworks... The fireworks. We're talking fireworks because I know a lot of people love fireworks. So is that tonight or tomorrow? I think there's some tonight and tomorrow, actually. And I know there was like a big 4th of July one at Navy Pier on Saturday, too. So fireworks all over the city. Okay. I I, I better find out because I, I have a flight to catch tomorrow. I do a Canadian Elite Basketball League Game of the Week. And this, this league, 10 cities in Canada... They play 20-game schedule. Um, I'm in Edmonton tomorrow night, and the game is on Wednesday. And so, of course, in Canada, they don't celebrate July 4th. And, uh, you know, by the way, the Brits lost. Okay, The U.S. beat the Brits in the big ball game. Uh, but uh, Canada Day was July 1st. Oh, really? And so that's like the equivalent of July 4th here in the United States. So... I'm going to miss, if if the fireworks are at Navy Pier on the 4th, I'm going to miss it. But mm. I know, you know, like, hey, 
listen, you know what? It's a holiday. People are out and about. They're having a good time. The weather is cooperating. So please be careful if you have the fireworks in your backyard or somewhere in a community arrangement. Please be careful. All right. In a moment, we're going to return right here on 670 The Score. Sean uh, Sears has put together our show tonight. We have a lot of things going on for sure. Who's next on the show? We'll have uh, Sully, Paul Sullivan. Paul Sullivan. He'll be from Milwaukee. Yes, great. And he can talk about today's debacle with the Cubs. I'm sure he'll be so excited. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure he will. Coming up next, 670 The Score, this is Chuck Swirsky. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 